and welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of A Quarter of Three Strands, uh, the Peloton Institute's podcast for creating Christian culture. Today is episode six uh, of a season in which we are discussing the Ten Commandments. So today's commandment is commandment number five, and we're going to be discussing the honoring of your father and mother. Yeah, we always have to make it difficult. <laughs> episode six, commandment. I always have to double check. Right. Sorry, I'm in the straight and narrow. But we're good. Yeah, we're good. So, uh, yeah, what we're uh, again, if you're if you're just joining us, you haven't started from the beginning, perhaps um, we are looking at the Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, the small catechism or the shorter catechism. We are today going to also talk a little bit about the larger catechism. Yeah. In uh, dealing with this commandment. So we'll start off with question 63 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism which is simply, what is the fifth commandment? The fifth commandment is honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. There we go. And that concludes our, (laughs) doesn't it sound straightforward? Like just honor your mom and dad. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the big, the big deal. But the reality is, is, well, what, what does it mean to honor them? Right. What does dishonor look like? And then is the commandment only if, if we talked about the idea that the, the commandments, um, the moral, re- the moral law is summarily comprehended in the 10 commandments. Yes. As we talked about, I think in our introductory, um, episode is that we understand that there's a moral law that is some summarily comprehended in this commandment. And if we unpack it, it goes far beyond there. Yes. So I guess we're going to have to have a longer episode. I yeah. can't. I can't just end it now. That's okay. All right. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Uh, this is where in the Ten Commandments we're pivoting from loving God. Yes. To loving your neighbor. Correct. However, this is also one of those commandments that's um, the first five on the, you know, the first tablet of the law. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the ancients would call that piety. Okay. So, so piety, the Greek word would be Eusebia is, um, has to do with the, um, that you are performing the duties or obligations you have to God and your, and your family. Mm -hmm. 
So someone who does that is considered pious. Mm -hmm. uh, in the New Testament, in all modern translations, piety is no longer, I, I don't know why we didn't like that word. So it's not, it, you, you can't find the English word piety in a modern translation. Instead, they translate Eusebia as um, godly. Okay. So a godly person is someone who fulfills their obligations to God and to their family. In other words, uh, they keep these five commandments. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I used to ask that this question of people. Um, so piety has, you know, because it's an unusual word, I prefer that word. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just historically got kind of twisted. Yes. And people don't, they kind of toss that word out without coming up with a really good alternative because now we have godly. And I ask people, so can you be a godly person and skip church on Sunday? Almost everyone I know will say, yeah, mm -hmm. of course, because God, in their mind, godliness means you're a good person. Right. Well, no, that's exactly, that's the breaking of the fourth commandment. Yep. You, it's God, it's the Lord's day. You need to be with his people rendering to God the honor that's due him, mm -hmm. which is your worship. Yep. And, and if you skip, then you're not fulfilling your obligations. You are not a godly person. You can still be a nice guy or gal, right. but, but don't think you're godly. Right. You know? Yes. The word godly sort of um, has less of a sense of duty than, right. than piety does. Yes. Which has helped us get away from understanding yeah. rightly what, what that means. Yeah. And again, going back to the first thing when it says, well, what's, what, what, is the, what do the scriptures principally teach? They teach us what we are to believe concerning God and the duties that God requires of us. Mm -hmm. Like that's what the, that's why we study the Bible. That's why we hear the sermons on a Sunday is we need to know what we're supposed to believe about God and the things of God. And then what, what are the duties that God requires of us? Right. And, and for whatever reason, and it's, it's an American thing. It's, I don't think it's anywhere else. In, in any time or place, but in America today, we think that um, because we're saved by grace um, from our sin, um, grace means we're exempt from uh, obeying God Hence, yeah. or, or something. And, oh, you're a legalist or, oh, you're teaching, you know, salvation is by grace and works or something like that. And, and just, I just want to say that's nonsense. That's really dumb and you know if you have a question about that please feel free to contact me because mm -hmm. if, if you're sincere about that confusion um i but it it's it is um we are saved from our sin and into this relationship with god and and guess what god is still god right he still requires things of us yes not to be saved but because we are saved yes I think we said that over and over again this, yeah. this season. And it's sort of a going back to yeah. what we were designed for originally. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you were made in God's image, you sinned and it's been tainted. But now that you're, you're adopted back into his family by grace and grace alone, by, by nothing, by nothing you've done, by none of your works, by, you are saved, you are um, adopted into his family. Um, 
the father looks at you and sees his son, Jesus, right? But there's still you who needs to be sanctified. And that sanctification um, is so that you can uh, have this family resemblance, mm-hmm. which, which means in gratitude, as the Heidelberg Catechism talks of, you're, you're performing, you're doing these things. Right. You're fulfilling your obligations to God out of love for him. Yeah. Out of respect. No. He is, he is due the honor, right? That, yes. that is deserved. That he requires. Yeah, that he requires. And so now he says in the, this fifth, and so here's where the, the commandment. So we're, we have, we have an, a duty to honor our creator, but then there's this sub creator, mom and dad, who God had put together and um, God then formed us in the womb of our mother and we've been born. And we have, just as we have a duty to honor God, we also have a duty to, to honor our parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, but as we get to question 64, it's going to start, we're going to see that there's a broadening of what's required. Yes. So let's do 64. Yep. What is required in the fifth commandment? The fifth commandment requires that we preserve the honor and perform the duties appropriate to everyone in their various places and relations, whether in authority over us, under our authority, or equals. Yeah. So, in other words, God has, God has set up a world in his world that he made. Um, there, is, there is authority that is given and there's honor to be um, given to those in authority. Yes. So the, the first is him, he himself, God, and we're to honor him as God. And so we worship him. We, we praise him. We thank him. We, we confess our sins to him. We do all those things that are um, do him. Mm-hmm. So I don't worship anyone else. Right. Right. That's, that's for God alone, but, we're to honor others who are in authority over us. And, and so this is, so we have these, as I said, like these sub creators, our parents. And so we, we give them honor and we're required to honor them. Um, but like our parents, we have others and like God, others who have authority over us mm-hmm. and in the same way scripture commands us to honor them as well. Mm-hmm. Right, honor the king. Right, right. In in Romans, you you you're to uh, slaves are to honor their masters, even. Um, and it it's the the whole where you can say, in in a more modern parlance, your employees should honor their employers. Yes. Uh, the, you know, uh, students should honor their teachers. You know, all these things you you see throughout Scripture, and that and and all of those commandments of honor are summarily comprehended in this fifth command. Okay. Don't honor your parents. All right. Um, but the scripture doesn't just go one direction saying to the subordinate to honor the one under authority. It also gives commandments to those who are in authority on how they ought to treat those who are under their authority. Yes. And also equals. Yep. Which in America... This might make people feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. 
Like it sounds like, boy, I'm less than there's other people. Well, no, there are other people who are in authority over you. Right. And they deserve your honor. Yes. And there are people below you who you have authority over and they require another kind of honor. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who are your equal. Right. Yeah. Our lateral, lateral movement. Yeah. yeah. Right. And there's a kind of honor that's required of you there. Yes. Okay. So that when we get to the larger catechism on these things, it'll make it a lot more clear. Yep. But we'll continue with the shorter catechism. Um, so the, the word prior to the fifth commandment is that we preserve the honor and perform the duties appropriate to everyone. Right. So yep. for instance, if you're a child and your, your mom says, um, you need to go clean your room or go do this thing. You are obligated to do that, to obey them. But if some stranger off the street tells you to do something, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. There's right. no. Right. Right. Yep. Um, but if, uh, you know, policeman comes and pulls you over and says, you know, I need to see your ID or whatever. Um, you're to honor them, mm -hmm. right? Not don't don't act like a jerk. Um, they might be pulling you over unjustly. You still have a requirement to honor them. Yes, you can. It, the great thing about America, we have freedom of speech. We can disagree with those in authority over us. All that stuff. That's great, and you're able to do that and still obey this commandment, mm -hmm. right? So if you're going to Disobey for good cause in America. I'm not recommending my international audience. I don't have an international audience. I don't think. Someday. Yeah, someday. Yeah, if you're in China, don't don't do this. You're in America, and if you and you know the law, because the law is king here, Lex Rex. It's not the person, it's the law. And if and if the there's someone who's not following the law and you know it. You are still required to express honor because they are an authority over you. It doesn't mean you have to obey them if it's a dishonorable thing that they're asking you to do. Correct. Right? Yep. But honor is still important. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's a different kind of duty and honor belonging to various people. Yep. Um, question 66. What is the reason added to the fifth commandment? The reason added to the fifth commandment is a promise of long life and prosperity as far as it serves for God's glory and our own good to all who keep this commandment. Yeah. And, and so just to say bluntly, so it, it, it's, it's talking about society, mm -hmm. right? So if I individually am diligent in keeping this commandment, the promise isn't for, you know, Ron Young is going to have a long and prosperous life. Right. It's saying to God's people, hey, look, if you all follow these, this commandment in honoring your parents, you'll have, your society is going to last a long time. Yeah. You're, you're going, and there's going to be good. It's going to prosper. It's going to be, be good. Mm -hmm. And what, what's an interesting thing is, is that you can kind of see this in, um, even in the pagan world. Yeah. Right. In a, in a pagan culture that is honoring of their, of parents, um, their, their society tends to be uh, long lasting. Yes. Paul and I were just talking about this not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Chinese or Japanese cultures, which are strong in yeah. the honor department. Yes. Um, are very ordered. 
yeah. and have been around a long time despite yeah. being yeah. godless. Yep. And it and it's and it's because they're following this. Mm-hmm. Um and so God, we call this um this uh this kind of uh, equity that God has a common grace. Yes. So there's a common grace, like any society that's following these rules, now they're not going to know God unless God reveals himself to them. Um, but what can be known about God through nature, if we follow that nature, natural law, including the moral law of God, which says that we should honor our parents, guess what's going to happen to that society? It's going to go well for them. Yes. Even if they're in rebellion against God because they don't know him. Right. Because because that's just how God is. Yes. He's, he's a, a generous and a good God. So think of America who has known God forever, right? I mean, really. It's and a whole existence. It, yeah. Through its whole existence has yeah. known God, has known his son, Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, we're, we're one of the most dishonoring societies. It's not going to go well for us. It's not going well for us now. And right. it's going to continue to get worse. Yes. Until we, we, repent, we, and obey. we repent and obey. Yeah. So let's, Allison, let's go and talk a little bit about the, the larger catechism. Yep. Question 128 in the larger catechism says, or asked this question, what are the sins against those in authority? What are the sins of those in, against those in authority? The sins of subordinates against those in authority over them are the following. All neglect of the duties required toward them, envy of, contempt for, and rebellion against those over them as individuals or in their roles of authority in their lawful counsels, commands, and corrections, and cursing, mocking, and all such obstinate and scandalous behavior as proves to be a shame and dishonor to them and to their oversight. This is hard. Right. Mm-hmm. This is hard. I mean, think of how many times I have mocked people in authority over me. You know, it's behind their back. So I guess it doesn't matter. Right. No, God sees. Yeah. And, and that kind of, if we're, we feel free to mock or make fun of those who are in authority, um, say the president, for instance. Yeah. That came to my mind. Right. Yes. Um, and, and we've seen the, the decline in, in, in my, in our era. I mean, I'm older than Allison, but you know, I, I saw for the most part, a great respect of, you know, George W. Bush, even though there was a lot of satirists and, you know, there's some making fun of him on like Saturday night live, Yeah, you know, but then he would show up and laugh at himself kind of thing. And and then, uh, and then Barack Obama came and, and then you started seeing, I would say those on the right becoming a little more, um, openly, uh, rebellious in, in their mocking and how they say his name and, and everything. Then, you know, you got Donald Trump and that's incredibly like I, I don't know of another human in my lifetime who's been uh, mocked and cajoled and derided mm-hmm. more than more than him. Yeah, that I can. Rem- I mean, I can't remember mm-hmm. comedians with a fake beheading of his, you know, or yeah. um, 
just the disdain in their voice. Um, you know, and then we got uh, Joe Biden and, uh, and it just, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's spiraled out of control. Mm-hmm. This, ladies and gentlemen, is not saying that we can't have political views that go against those in authority over us. Right. Again, it's it's we live in America. It's a different society than, say. I, I think I used China last time. Right. Um, North Korea. North Korea. You're going to get killed if you do that. We have the freedom. It's part of our guaranteed rights and our government. Our whole government was established so that our rights would be upheld. And if they're not doing a good job at it, we can vote them out and we can have political speech. But what God is saying is, is that we still need to honor them because of who they are, what they're doing. They're, yeah. they're the position they hold. The position they hold. Yeah. Yeah. So can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. Um, is that, is that sort of the biblical reason for that, that um, in scripture we learn that God is the one who puts people in their positions? Is that why? Or is it more so just a reality that this is the structure in which God has built humanity to exist within and so we honor because of trusting god's um scaffold for a society Do you, does that question make yeah sense? it does and i, th- I it think both? it's both yeah right i yeah, god has put people in positions and often that i mean sometimes he puts people in position to punish us right, judgment it's this is your judgment yes sometimes it's this is for your blessing right sometimes it's for the good of the church, even though it's not good for the rest of your country or your nation. Yeah. Um, and it's, and because we're mortals and we don't know God's plans, um, we have no business mocking it. Right. We just respect the authority, honor the authority. Yeah. We can disagree. Again, it's America. We can disagree. You write letters to our senator. We can let our our, um, our disagreements be be known, but we need to do it honorably. Yes, and that's hard. It's very hard. Yeah, and I have sinned in this area. Yeah, me too. But it's a conversation I'm having a lot in my house, like with my kids, trying to help them understand. You know, they hear peers making yeah. fun of their presidents, or yep. you know, and oh yeah, trying to yeah. Oh, I my peers make fun of our president too. Yes, right. And it's and it's it's hard because you know it, and we just need to submit to God's word, right? Just obey. Yeah, being honorable is not saying agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it and you can, um, you can point things out that it should be a concern to people about our president without it being mocking. Right. And even if the individual is not personally worthy yeah. of honor, yeah. that's not why we yes. do or don't honor it's their position. Correct. But let, let me just take this. So now let's extrapolate it. It's not just our president. I just use that as an example. Yeah. It's your teachers. It's your boss. It's your, it's the policeman. It's the. Your husband. It's your, well, not my husband. No. If you're a it's, woman. Yeah. If you're a woman. Only if you're a woman. Yeah. But I only see women getting around talking about great respect to their husband all the time. That's all I ever hear. That's good. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) 
But that's a, that's another, yeah, that's another topic for another time. That's a topic for another time. Yeah. Um, but, but it is, it's true. It's because of their position that we, they deserve honor, mm-hmm. not, not the, the man, but the title, so to speak, or the woman, but the title yes. that we honor. And, and this includes even the neglect in the, of the duties required of us. So think of your work. Are there things in your work that you're not doing or you're not doing well? Mm-hmm. You're disobeying this commandment. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or you're envious of, of people um, who are, or again, you know, who are over you. Um, yeah. But, but wait, there's more. Question 129 in Westminster Larger Catechism. What is required of those in authority towards those under them? Okay, so the first, we talked about go, the, the direction of we're the subordinate and how we're supposed to treat. Now this is, the scripture doesn't... Um, it's not lopsided. It's not lopsided. What are the requirements that people in authority have Mm-hmm. Uh, to those towards those under them. Yeah. Those in authority, according to that power they receive from God and the role they have been given, are required to do the following to love, pray for, and bless those under them, to instruct, counsel, and admonish them, approving, commending, and rewarding those who do well, and disproving, reproving, and chastising those who do bad, protecting and providing for them all things necessary for soul and body and by grave, wise, holy, and exemplary behavior to bring glory to God, honor to themselves, and so preserve the authority that God has given to them. I am. Now, here's the question, right? I like this. By grave, wise, holy, and exemplary behavior to bring glory to God, honor to themselves, and so preserve the authority that God has given to them. Now, it's just people in authority would do that. Right then it would make it so much easier for those under them to show honor. Yeah. Which comes first? Well, depends who you are in their relationship. <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> right. I, I think we talked about this in a different episode and I don't, or maybe it wasn't a sermon I gave. I don't remember. I'm old. So you have to forgive me. <clears throat> honor your elders, please. <laughs> um, but, but there is a, there is a this thing about honor that if you have a culture of honor, it produces honorable people. Mm. Um, and often we think if we could just get honorable people in power, then we will become a more honorable society. Mm. And I think it's the opposite direction. We have to become a culture of honor to produce honorable people. Mm -hmm. And if we're looking again at, you know, um, who's getting elected. Right. Right. We're, we're, it's a sign of where we're at in our society. Right. We've been given over to the desires of our heart. And when children are not taught honor anymore, um, and we see what, dishonorable people they become and we get shocked by it. Well, it's not their fault. Right. They weren't trained to be honorable people and to give honor to those. Yes. And, and I, I will just say, 
um, from a male position, boys will thrive in an honor culture. They will love honor. They will do, they will sacrifice themselves just for honor. Mm -hmm. Is that too much to ask? Right. Mm -hmm. To, to, um, but we don't direct them in that way. And our society mocks honorable things. And we do everything in our, in our power when someone does something for honor or speaks of honor to laugh at it, to mock it. And this is where we're at. Right. What is that uh, quote by C.S. Lewis about? I know you were going to bring that up, but I, I should have. I'm trying so hard to come up with it. something about. The geldings, right? You know, yes. the, if you, the men without chest. Yes, exactly. We, we take out the organ and. Demand the function. Demand the function. Yeah. And that doesn't work. No. We have to be so where where it needs to start is the church yeah if the church of jesus christ would just start with holding itself accountable to honoring those who deserve honor and then teaching the kids how to be honorable and to pursue honor mm-hmm. right that should be you know the 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 thing instilled in children should be i want to be honored mm-hmm. for my life. Yeah. I don't need to be rich. I don't need to have power. I don't need, what I need to do is people need to look at me and think that's an honorable person. Yeah. He's a good man. It's a good man. Yeah. That's a good woman. That's, yep. that's it. That's, and, uh, and so the, the devil has brought in all sorts of things for us to pursue. It's in lieu of honor, right? Let's, mm-hmm. let's, Let's work for money. Pretty much anything else. Or power. Yeah. Pretty much anything else. <laughs> it's it's not good. Yeah. Can I can I add to this a little something about just thinking about honoring the home? Yeah. Um I I, you know, I'm sure there are lots of reasons why God has called women to submit to their husbands. Perhaps this is one of the many reasons, like that that is a way in which that type of culture is established in a home and is modeled for children who are watching. You know, yeah. this equal is subordinating herself under the authority of the person God has put over her. That's good. And it gives an opportunity for boys to serve yep. and to learn how to be honorable men. Right. Um, this is, this is, and I'm just going to bring this out. We live in the great state of Wisconsin. It is a beautiful place right now. It is. It is very beautiful. Come January, we might be changing our tune. We won't sing that tune. But right now, in right now. July, it's the best place to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. And through the fall. And uh, the, the, but, boy, I don't know how many times, you know, I open a door up for a woman and they like look at you like, what are you doing? Like, I can get that. Hmm. Or, you know, to try to, to show honor uh, to women as men in our state is, is kind of weird. And I think it's because so many have grown up in a farm or I don't know what it is, Yeah, but it's just, it's just different. You know, you go down South. Casual. Maybe. I've been in down South where you're walking up towards, towards the door and you literally have women just kind of stop briefly. I'm going to start man, doing that. A man to open up the door for him. And it's, and it's great, you know, cause you open up the door and they thank you. And you know, yeah. it's just, it's this courtesy. That's a way of honoring. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my, uh, our, our kids were trained, um, 
where the, the boys would, um, for a meal, we would stay standing until all the women were seated and then we would sit. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and then we'd often take our plates, go to the kitchen, load it up and come back and sit at the table, you know, after prayer, that type of thing. And, uh, how this, the strong desire, it seems like for women who I think are used to serving food or whatever. Yeah. To just get them to go, go, go first. get your food yeah. first yes. so that we can show you honor. Yes. We've talked about this before. Yeah. I suffer from this. Problem. I know. I'm I working know. on it. I have, I've been thinking about this since you brought this up. Yeah. Trying so, so, so sit, you know, let us show honor by allowing ladies to go first. Yes. And then, uh, and then we'll, we'll go, but it, it's a way of training and it's, and it's great. And boy, if a, if a boy can do show honor to their mom like mm -hmm. that, it's just, it's a good thing. Yeah. And I know I'm bringing this up a lot from a male perspective, but I, I'll just be blunt about it. We all know that if boys and men would take the lead on this, it would transform society. Yeah. Right. So. Let's start doing it. So start doing it. Yeah, please. Gentlemen and, and ladies, um, you can always forward this podcast to your husband and to your, you know, your, your kids. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, also I, I just, this, this idea of if someone in authority isn't doing these things, they're sinning. So if, if, uh, if I am, um, if I have some sort of leadership or headship in a company or in a situation or you're a teacher and you have a classroom of kids or a, you, know, you name it, I anything, you, you have these duties to, to love and pray for and bless people under you, uh, to instruct them, to counsel them, to admonish them, to approve or commend and reward those who do, do well. And you also have the duty to disprove, uh, reprove, and chastise those who do bad. It's your duty. And, um, and when there's a, and if you've, uh, if you've ever had a boss, <laughs> when you have a boss who does that consistently, they are the best people to work for. Yes. Because you know that when they come and they go, hey, um, Ron, why don't you come into my office and you sit down and you go, uh-oh, I know that they're doing it for my good. Right. But if you have an arbitrary boss who only does it when they feel like it, 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 it's, it's not a good experience mm -hmm. there. Now, you know, that they're, they're probably chewing you out because something happened that affected them. Right. They're not doing it because they love me and want what's best for me and for the company. Yep. They, they're trying to save their own kind. Kind. Yeah. All right. Uh, but wait, there's more. Um, what are the sins of those in authority? The sins of those in authority are, besides the neglect of the duties required of them, the following. Inordinate seeking of their own glory, ease, profit, or pleasure commanding things that are unlawful or not in the power of the subordinates to perform, 
approving, encouraging, or favoring subordinates in doing what is evil, dissuading, discouraging, or disapproving subordinates in what is good, correcting them to excess, careless neglect, or leaving them to being wronged to temptation or to danger, provoking them to wrath, and in any way dishonoring themselves or lessening their authority by unjust, indiscreet, rigorous, or remiss behavior. Yes. So not only are these there these duties that we talked about in question 129 and 130, what are the sins? So one is the neglect of all those duties we talked about, but all these continue to be even more inordinate seeking of their own glory, ease, profit, or pleasure. Is it okay to seek glory? Yes. Is it okay to seek ease? Yeah. Is it okay to seek profit? Yes. Or even pleasure. Well, none of those are bad, but the inordinate seeking of those things is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the others are, you know, commanding those things not unlawful or not in the power of their subordinates to perform. I mean, that's that's a that's one that's big, mm-hmm. right? This is this is one of those laws of leadership. Is if if you've if you're you have um, commissioned someone in your staff or whatever to do something and it goes awry. Um, the first thing you have to say as a leader or think is, um, did I, did I instruct them well enough Did I provide the resources and the time needed to fulfill that? Right. In other words, the first thing that you need to do is look at yourself yeah. and go, did I command them to do something that's not in their power to do? Yes. And, and if that's the case, then uh, I'm repenting to them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not chastising them. I'm repenting of them. I didn't give, right? We need to do, do things. Yeah. Um, I remember we had a, a, a staff member here at Providence Academy. Uh, there was a, a medical issue in their home that, that required him to not teach. It was... So all of a sudden, these classes need to be taught. And lo and behold, the one person who's taught these classes before was me. I'm the headmaster. And so I, I had to take on a bunch of classes that I don't normally do. And I'm, I remember talking with the, you know, so, so there's all these things that my, um, I'm not getting done as headmaster. And I remember just talking to the board like, okay, we know the situation. I'm doing like all this extra work that's, that aren't headmaster duties. Right. And, and the response is, don't worry about it. Yeah. Right. They didn't all of a sudden get mad at me because I'm, I, I didn't get all the boxes checked. Right. It was like, oh, we know. Yeah. Like you're, it's inhuman to be able to expect all and, it, and it's just great. Now, if they were to come out and go, no, nope, you need to suck it up and, Major. you know, just find, you know, 30 more hours a week to work you know, or whatever it might be. Yeah, that would be, that would be sin. Yeah. Um, but they, they it just, it was just a, a, the way it was. Yep. Um, and so when you're in authority, you have to be looking at these things. Um you can't approve and encourage and favor subordinates doing what is evil. 
you know, like celebrate Pride Month or, you know, be forced to use pronouns or say you have to call this man a woman, right? That's evil. Yeah. And if your your boss shouldn't force you to do that. There you go. There's some, there's our controversy for today. Right. And you, the question might be, what if they are? Uh, you should have a talk with your boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, it would be good in advance to see if you can find a place you can land on just in case. Yeah. Just in case you need to part ways. I always think that's a, that's a wise and prudent thing. If there's a possibility you might lose your job because of this, because the world is not calling it evil, they're calling evil good. And if they're forcing you to do what they think is good, but you know is evil, then you ought, you ought to leave. Yeah. So find a place to land first, then make that confrontation. Yeah. That's wise. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And I'm figuring more and more people are going to have to do that. Yeah. And when good people continue to flee their companies, they might change their mind or close or close or you know what's the word bud lighted is that is that a word i don't know the bud lighted thing you're familiar with the bud light yeah they're tanking big Mm -hmm. time yeah and football season's coming up and i think they sell the most of their beer during football season and if they're not selling any of their beer i don't know if there's going to be a bud light Mm -hmm. um but that can happen when good people just exit. Exit. Yep. Okay. Let let's for the sake of time, we're gonna continue. Can I just make one observation? Yes, you may. Um, there's a lot more here for those in authority than those under authority. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Because it seems like the properly proper way to wait. Yes. These things. Yeah. It, it it is. And, and I think there's a temptation that we have is to be dissatisfied with our bosses mm-hmm. and those, those are, who are in authority over us and complain a lot about that. Yes. Um, but we don't look at the very few requirements that we actually have. Right. And concentrate on those. Yeah. And the, the command is to those under authority, but those who wrote this document yeah. waited the issue around those in authority. Yes. Which is pretty cool. Because the Bible does. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> because that's what the Bible yes. does, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I I've I had so many when I taught um Bible classes at UWGB, it was like the Old Testament class in particular. Um it was the Old Testament as literature. Mm-hmm. So but I I I got in by talking to them about a post-liberal view. Sounds it's going to sound weird, but the idea is is that uh, there was a liberal view of teaching the Bible as scripture, in that in that you're trying to trying to make it sound like the Bible is is saying what every other religion is saying. Mm. It's well, not. It's not. Yeah. Or you do it in a critical fashion. So you teach, uh, you teach it from a feminist perspective in which you then learn more about feminism, but almost nothing about what actually the Bible says. Yeah. 
and and this was getting old in the 1990s even even though it's still going on right yeah okay. keep beating that and uh and i talked to the dean who was seeing if he's going to hire me and i said i'd do it in a post-liberal way that that was a technical term which says that the bible's a uh a, a, a the Bible is written by people of faith for a community of faith. That if mm-hmm. you want to know what it means, then you teach it as such. Mm-hmm. And he thought that was a brilliant idea. And so I got to teach the Bible as if this is what the church is saying the Bible says. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. And um, and how many people in the Old Testament, in the New Testament class, almost all the kids that were coming to that, students who were coming to that, you know, they went to InterVarsity and, and crew and, they were already Christians and yeah. they wanted to get to know the Bible more. But in my Old Testament class, it was it was about half of of those Christian kids, but then it was the other half were like um, atheists or were um, people who are mad at God and they and I don't know if they wanted to take my class. But how many times over and over again a student would they're the lights would go on as they actually read what scripture was saying. Yeah. And it, and it is not trying to subject everyone. It's, it's not, I mean, it is to, to God's authority, but, but, but the, that it's good. It's good for people. Yeah. And, human it's, flourishing. and it's, and it's human flourishing and there's freedom and there's, it, and it just, it, it, it blew them away. That's awesome. Um. So let, let's go on to, to equals. Yes. All right. What are the duties of equals? Well, let, let's start with what is an equal. Yeah. So I'm in all, engaged in all sorts of human relations where they don't have authority over me and I don't have authority over them. They're equals. Mm-hmm. My neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people, church, people at church. Yeah. Right? I there's There's no position of authority at all. You have coworkers. Mm-hmm. You work together and, and you're, they're, they're not, you're, you're not their boss. They're not, you're not their boss, you know, that type of yep, thing. Yep. There's, there's this equal. So what are the duties of equals? The duties of equals are the following. To pay attention to the dignity and worth of each other, to give honor to others, letting them go before oneself, and to rejoice in others' gifts and advancements as though they were one's own. Wow. That'd be nice. Yeah. So what are the sins of equals? The sins of equals, besides the neglect of the duties required, are the following. Undervaluing the worth of others, envying their gifts, grieving at the advancement or prosperity of others, and usurping one another in preeminence. Yes. And and this is, I will say, something that is very common, right? Okay. There are times and places, like in our small group at church, we'll be talking and I will hear of this instance of, you know, this supervisor is horrible and they, all the sins of their, the, the supervisor. And, and you get that. But the, the biggest sins that I see or the more common sins are simply, we compare ourselves with our, with others mm-hmm. and we find ourselves, um, envious mm-hmm. we're discontent with what we have yeah and we're envious of what other people have we covet we i mean right mm-hmm. so it, it opens up a host of other sins because we're not honoring them mm-hmm. as an equal mm-hmm. 
and rejoicing for them when they do well. Yes. We, we, instead we get, you know, oh, I should have, you know, they have it so easy or I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's, that's just, that's not going to help anything. Right. It's going to eat away at your soul because it's sin. And the, and the problem is, I think sometimes, Allison, is that we don't, we're not examining what God's law actually says and what it really means. And so we don't think of these things mm-hmm. as I'm breaking the fifth commandment here. Right. By not honoring my, my equals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's, it's very, very important. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to, I want to end this in just this one part kind of going back to the original text of honoring your father and mother. Yeah. And um, because I find a lot of people have a hard time with this because they have not had the greatest experience growing up with their mother and father Mm. or father or an absent or divorced parents or you know, th- things like this. And, um, and this commandment seems daunting to them because their parents are not honorable. Right. And the answer to that is, by God's grace, you need to seek to honor them anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. The commandment doesn't say, honor your parents if they're honorable or any of these if they're honorable. Right. It's a, it's a, it's, this is the, the commandment period. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, for us, for, well, I had, I mean, I've had great parents. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, yeah. And so, but I, I do know that that's not the case with everybody. Right. But the idea is for your sake, for your sake, Honor your parents, even if they're not honorable. And, and I think the way that is shown is primarily um, by not, by living an exemplary life, right? I have, uh, I'm, uh, um, you know, I'm the son of Bill and Judy Young, and people know that. And when I do well, my parents are honored. Yeah. When I do, if I do bad or I show, yeah, it 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 brings a dishonors them. It dishonors them. Yeah. Um, when I was pastor, there's a there's a woman in the community. I I didn't know her until this. She's having problems with a son, and I did some counseling with them, and he was just rebelling. Um, he'd gotten into drugs. He got arrested, of course. You know, seeing your son's name in the paper in getting arrested for some drug thing it doesn't bring a lot of honor to you. Right. Um, it made it tough because now everyone looks at you different. Um, you know, and uh, unfortunately, the son, uh, when he got out of jail, he wasn't in for very long, um, reverted back to his old, those habits. Uh one of the people he's running around with stole something, brought it to their house, and the police knew that his this guy was in there with stolen property. 
they knocked on the, they came in, um, the door with a warrant and, uh, the young man ran upstairs because, because he was a felon, he wasn't supposed to have any kind of weapons and he ran upstairs. It's appeared to hide a gun he had, but the cops, the sheriff's department saw them run up the stairs, went right after him. And when he grabbed the gun, they shot and killed him. The gun didn't have any ammo. There was no ammo in the house, but it's not the cop's fault. Right. Everyone knows it. But the, the hardest part, I think, for this mom was how good this kid was up until mm-hmm. his last couple of years. But no one will remember yeah. what he used to be. And, and you know, she's the, the dishonor of it all. Right. It was just hard. Yeah. And, and that was, that was painful. I did their funeral and it was just painful, but it doesn't even have to come to that. It could be anything. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's, people are going to have the questions of, you know, at, at what point do you, we, 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 your, your parents have wishes and desires. Right. And they sometimes conflict with your wishes and desires is not going home for Thanksgiving this year because you have a, because you'd prefer to take your family to do something else. Is that dishonoring to your parents? I don't think so, but it needs to be handled honorably, mm-hmm. right? The, because the Bible says that you become one, the two of you become yeah. um, father, the, the man leaves his parents to become one flesh. They have their own household. They're not, yeah. they're not under their parents' authority anymore, but they still, you're still required to honor them. Yeah. So here's, I, I guess, my advice in this Um Err on the side of honor. Yeah, like be generous with it. Be generous with your honor. Yeah. If you're not going to do something that your parents really, 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 really want you to do, no, it's going to be hard for them. Be firm, but but do it in love and honor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I would say if there's a specific case that's you're in, you're going through, um the unreasonableness or the, the time is taken or whatever, here's what I would suggest is, is go talk to your pastor about it and, and come cause it, it's very helpful to be able to have other people hear what's going on and give you sound advice. Mm-hmm. So, you, so it's not on your own, mm-hmm. right? Because I think a lot of the, times I've had to give counsel to people in these situations. Um, they really, really don't want to dishonor their parents. Mm-hmm. But how do you do this when they're unreasonable? Right. And so to be able to have others, you know, pastors, elders in your church help walk you through that, it it helps because you 
you're listening to counsel and it's not just you, you know, yes, licking your finger and going up to the right. end and go, right? And so it's, it's a, it's a, so audience, that's, that's my advice. Yeah, it's good advice. And, and you should do that with your bosses and other work situations to get wise counsel. Yeah. It, it could be friends. It could be, right? But find wise people, right? Find wise people to, to find. Don't go find friends who are just going to tell you what you want to hear. Right. Friends, not fans. Correct. Right. Yeah. Friend, literally in the Bible, a friend was someone who stands in counsel with you. Right. So you have... In our day and age, we were, um, most of our friends are really our buddies or there are, there are equals, there are equals, there are associates, whatever. Yeah. There's only a small group that you respect to a degree for their wisdom in which you would want them to enter in to give you good advice. Yeah. Because you know, they'll tell you the things you don't want to hear. Right. So that's why I say if if a a pastor's elders or, or good friends will be friends and not just you said fans all right i think that's enough for this episode yeah thanks for listening yeah thanks for listening and stay tuned for uh command number six yep 